It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Hi, welcome to the Sunday evening edition of Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. And I appreciate you joining me, and I pray that the lesson this evening will be beneficial to you. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube and you'd like to uh, reach out to me, make a comment, uh, request a lesson, ask a question, whatever it may be, just put a comment in the comment section, and I'll try to address that. If you are can't do that, Perhaps you're listening on a podcast form or on the radio or some other form. Uh, you can call or text 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. And keep in mind, I'm in the central time zone. And also you can email me if you'd like at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. And again, I'd hope to hear from you. Uh, This evening's lesson, we're going to be talking about prayer. And there's a reason why prayer is so important. Uh, We're told to pray without ceasing. Christians are. Romans 12 and verse 2 says we're to be constant in prayer. Well, it's very important then that we understand how to do it. One of the first things I do when uh, I baptize someone is to teach them to pray. Uh, let them know what the scriptures teach. And so that's what we're going to deal with this evening. It's a very basic lesson on learning how to pray. And hopefully this lesson will enable if, if a new convert, if they don't know how to pray, then they'll be able to and be able to be uh, consistent with what the Bible teaches. And again, if you like this lesson, if you know someone who needs this lesson, um, help me get it around on social media, uh, share it send it out, do what we can to get this message across. It's very important. Uh, It's important that people be able uh, to go to God in prayer. And so uh, let's go ahead and make sure that we all work together to try to get this message out to the world. In Luke chapter 11, and it's a very familiar passage here in Luke 11, a lot of people call it the Lord's Prayer. And it is the Lord's Prayer along with John 17, if you want to call it such um, he was praying, but uh, this prayer had a, a purpose, and this prayer was to teach his disciples to pray. And so we're going to be looking at various aspects of this passage during the lesson. But I want to start off with uh, this, the first verse. It says, Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Now. What's important is is that the disciples had been watching Jesus. Uh, They saw him praying, and they asked that question, teach us to pray. And that's why this is the basis of our lesson. We need to know how to pray. And I know a lot of people say it doesn't matter how you pray or what you say, as long as it comes from the heart. Uh, I don't agree with that. I think it does need to come from the heart. I agree with that part. But uh, there are things that the scriptures teach us that we need to apply in our practice of prayer. So that's why we're going to um, 
deal with that this evening. In John 4 and verse 24, passage that many people might be familiar with when Jesus was with the woman of Samaria, um, they were at the well. Jesus made this point, God's a spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. Now, no one can deny the fact that prayer is an act of worship. And if prayer is worship, then it has to be done in truth, spirit and truth. And so, again, that behooves us to go to the Scriptures and try to find out what the Bible has to say about prayer so we can learn from that. In 1 John chapter 5, and verse 14 and 15, we see John saying, This is the confidence we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we have asked of him. Okay, now look at what it said here. It says, if we ask anything according to his will. Well, how do we know what's the will of God unless we see it in Scripture? We don't. And so we're going to have to go to the Bible and make sure what the will of God is regarding instructions for prayer. And so if we ask anything according to his will, well, that behooves us then to know what his will is. Um, we want to know that he's going to hear us in our request. And so it's not unlike someone who goes before a king and they have to learn uh, the proper way to, uh, to appear before. There's a decorum that people have to maintain. There's the right kind of clothes, uh, the right uh, way to handle yourself. And the um, same way with our president. I mean, you know, you, would, you wouldn't want to uh, go up before a president and without, you know, respecting uh, the office. But uh, it's, it's the same manner. But now this is God. We're talking about going before God. It doesn't get any higher, folks. That's it. And so if that's the case, then we need to know his will. We need to know how we are to handle ourselves before his throne. Now, James chapter 4 and verse 3, and you might keep your finger to this passage because we're going to come back to this later. But uh, this kind of goes along with knowing the will of God because he says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly. And, and why they asked wrongly was because they were spending it on their passions. Um, we need to understand that. It's possible that we can go to God and ask for the wrong things. And so, again, it behooves us to know what God's instructions are regarding prayer so that we can be better equipped and ready to be able to offer up a prayer to God at a moment's notice and to pray without ceasing because that's what uh, the Lord wants us to do, and, and that's what's needed. So we need to be willing to do that. Okay, that's our intro to this lesson. And uh, again, if there's any question about any verse, maybe I went through it a little too quickly. Uh, if you want to, uh, uh, if you want the slides to this lesson or whatever it may be, I'd be more than glad to give you what I have. All you have to do is reach out. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you everything that I have regarding this. All right, the first point I want to have is the fact that we are going before the throne of God. That's not something we take lightly. You know, as I already compared, you know, a, a man going before a king and the decorum that is required, you know, we, we need to understand 
this is something that's 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 a privilege that uh, came at the at a cost. It came to us at the cost of the the blood of the Son of God, and and so not only is it an honor just to appear before God in prayer, and we don't do that physically, mind you. We know God is a spirit. We we pray in the spirit, and um, when we pray of such. Uh, we know that uh, the, the, we're before God in, in prayer, uh, not physically per se, but uh, in, in spirit we we pray that way. And so we're going before God's throne, and so we need to know and have the proper respect. Now, going back to our passage where Jesus uh, is teaching his disciples to pray, notice what he said in verse 2. He says, when you pray. Say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Uh, it's interesting that he's ask, answering their question so we can see right away that uh, Jesus is not offended by them asking to learn how to pray. But notice what he says, Our Father, which art in heaven. Immediately, that word Father jumps out at me because if we're going to pray to God, then he has to be our Father. And if you are not in the family of Christ, then he's not your father. How can he be your father unless you've been uh, born again? I mean, you have to be born of the Spirit. And if that hasn't happened for you, then you can't call him father. And the only way that's going to happen, and like I said, I'd be more than glad to study this with someone, but you're going to have to be baptized into Christ. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but in order for you to address God as your father, you're going to have to be in Christ. Outside of Christ, you cannot address God as your father. He's not your father. Uh, unless you've been born again, uh, he's, he's not, uh, he, he's, he's separated from you. Your sins have separated yourself from God. And so that's, that's the one word that jumps out at me. And then the second is the fact that God's in heaven. And since he's in heaven and I'm here on earth, immediately uh, that signals to me that, you know, this is a very holy and uh, a sacred place. And I need to really be careful about uh, minding myself before the throne of God. And then the last one he says is, is praise. He says, hallowed be thy name, meaning, you know, how, how holy is your name? We need to be careful about this. Because if we're going to praise God's name and, and, and hold it to be holy, then we better not be taking the Lord's name in vain. You know, I see many, even Christians, I'll see them type text OMG uh, and uh, using the Lord's name in vain that way, or they'll even say it. And I've, I've heard that said. Listen, God's name is holy. It is to be uh, revered. I mean, it's we have to be in all of God and his name and hold it with reverence. And so if we're going to copy what Jesus said here or say something similar to it, you know, about how holy God is, then we better respect his name. And uh, just wanted to say this is part of before going before the throne of God. Not only do we need to respect who God is and the purity that he maintains, but we need to be consistent with that. We shouldn't be praising God on one side of our mouth and then outside the throne be cursing God. Uh, that's, that's not 
acceptable. Trust me, God, God's taking notes. Uh, he knows what's happening there. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28 through 29, he says, the writer, let us be grateful for receiving a king that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. All right, so we again, that goes back to the start of the lesson. We have to pray, which is worship. We have to do it acceptably, but it has to be accompanied, as we've already said, with reverence and awe. Um, I don't know why anybody wouldn't be in awe of God when all things are possible for him, and he, he knows all, he sees all, he knows all our thoughts. Um, tell you, I... <laughs> If you can't be in awe of God, I, I don't know what I can say for you. That's, uh, but when you think about God and, and, and what he is like, uh, then the reverence should follow. And um, uh, we do think of uh, Job as one when he was going through his trial and he had said some things. And when God appeared before him, you know, once Job saw this, what did he say? He had reverence and awe. He said, I've spoken once. I'm not speaking again. Uh, not without knowledge. I know, <laughs> I I know my place now. I'm going to be quiet, and and that's that's why we got to be with God. We need to understand that uh, we're not God. We don't have His wisdom. We don't know any of these things that God knows, and so we need to be very careful that we respect who He is. Uh, he's God, and we're not. And so, like my dad used to tell me sometimes when I was usurping his authority, he would say, you know, you're getting too big for your britches. Well, you don't want to appear before God being too big for your britches. You want to make sure that uh, you have reverence and awe for God and that you come to him with humility. In Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 7, now this is talking about Jesus and his prayers. And uh, he was heard, this passage says, because of his reverence. And so that goes to show you how important our attitude toward God is in prayer. Uh, we, we better give him that respect he, he requires and that he deserves. And if, if we don't, then that could hinder our prayers, and that's not something that we want to, uh, want to be. Now, when I talk about humility, uh, Jesus made mention of this in Luke 18, verse 13 and 14, with the tax collector who went before God in prayer, and, and Jesus praised this because of what he said. He said, be merciful to me, a sinner. You know, he he was unlike the uh, one who went to God and, and who compared himself with the tax collector and making himself appear righteous. This one uh, was was humble, and he, he knew he'd sinned, and he'd begging for mercy, and he understood his place. And so, again, with humility— we need to go before the throne. Uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verses 13 and 14, that's a very good passage to go to uh, to show how we should appear before the Lord's throne. Notice what God said, When I shut up the heavens so that there's no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send pestilence among my people, if, there's that if word, that means it's conditional, if my people who are called by my, my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from 
uh, hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. So it's conditional. You know, we have to pray, yes, but we need to humble ourselves and we need to seek the face of the Lord. Then he's going to hear us. So it all plays a part in going before the throne of God. And we need to make sure that we're prepared to do this. Now, secondly, when we pray, we need to understand that our prayers are authorized by Jesus. They're not authorized by ourselves. Okay. We don't have the uh, inherent <laughs> ability to go to God in prayer, not aside from Christ. Uh, we have to go through Christ. And why is that? Well, because we've sinned and we need the authority of Jesus Christ to be able to do this. In Luke chapter 11 and verse 2, again, uh, I want us to notice that how he starts that off. Jesus said when teaching his disciples to pray, he said, when you pray, say. So he automatically, right there, he's given his disciples authority to pray. And so that's important, making sure that Jesus gives us this authority. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 18 through 21 Paul says, do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, and giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, which is prayer, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So we go to God in prayer by his authority, by the authority of Jesus Christ. And again, that's very important. Um, in John 14 and verse 13 and 14, Jesus said, if you ask anything in my name by his authority, I will do it. So again, we have to go through, <coughs> excuse me, we have to go through oh, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 17 and 18, Paul said he came and preached peace to the you who were far off, and peace to those who were near. Speaking of Jesus, for through him, that's through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. All right, that's who we go through. We go through Jesus to have access to the Father. John 14 and verse 6, no one comes to the Father except through me. And so I've always pictured Jesus as one of those guys, you know, who stand outside of a, uh, uh, like a backstage where entertainers are inside preparing for a show. And you know how there's always people crowding around the door who want to get in backstage and he's got a clipboard and you come up to him and he looks to see if your name's approved. And if it is, he'll let you through the door. But if it's not on the list, you don't get in. Well, that's what I picture here. If you want to go to the father, then you got to go through Jesus Christ and you have to be approved. And the only way you're going to be approved is if Jesus approves you. And the only way that's going to happen is if you obey his will. And again, that gets back to being in the family of God. You're going to have to be baptized into Christ, Galatians 3.27, in order to be in Christ. There's no passage that teaches you can believe in a Christ. You must be baptized into Christ. And so with that, when you become in contact with the blood of Christ and your sins are forgiven, now you are in the family of God. And because of that, you can address God as your father. 
but you're not going to get through that door unless Jesus approves of you. Again, if you're going to pray to Jesus, you have to have his authority. Now, that's why you'll hear many times people end their prayer by saying, in Christ's name, amen. That's a very common thing. I've said it. Uh, I've also heard other people say it at the beginning of their prayers when they'll say, Lord, we come before you by the authority of Jesus Christ. Um, it is just a statement of humility. And it is approaching the throne. Basically, you're telling the Lord, look, I know it's not my righteousness that allows me to be here. It's the righteousness of Jesus. And through his grace has bestowed upon me this honor to be able to come before you. Uh, that's, that's humility and giving glory to God as, as we should. And so that's why when you hear older Christians say, in Christ's name we pray, amen, that, that's basically, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a sign of respect. It's telling the Lord, I know that I'm not here because of myself. I'm not here because of my righteousness. I'm here because of the grace that was given to me by Jesus Christ, and it's by his authority that I come before you. If I came to God before on my own righteousness, I wouldn't, that wouldn't even happen. wouldn't be allowed. I'm just too much of a sinner. But because of Jesus, I can go before God in prayer. Hey, let's talk about supplication. Supplication is part of prayer, and that's just basically meaning you're making a request to God. Uh, going back to James 4.3, we talked about this at the intro of the lesson when he said, you ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. Um, that, that's a supplication. But in this case, you don't get because you're asking for the wrong reasons. Uh, you're wanting something to consume it upon your own lust. Uh, your prayers need to be, your supplications need to be reflective of the fact that you're serving God. And so you need to be asking for things that's going to help in that service. That's your number one priority. Don't be praying for a new ski boat, a third car garage, fourth car garage, or a mansion. Don't be praying for those kind of things. Pray that the Lord will make you a better Christian. Pray that the Lord will make you better at prayer. Pray that the Lord will make you a better preacher. It's in my case, a, a, a better song leader, uh, someone who serves his brethren better. Uh, pray for opportunities to be able to preach the gospel, that is reflective of one who's all in. And that's what God wants. He wants people who are bought into the program. And so that's what we need to be asking for, not things that we're going to just spend on our own passions. Uh, that's not what the Lord's looking for. Uh, look at Luke 11 and verse 3. And going back to our passage, how did Jesus say, give us each day our daily bread? meaning we need food to survive. In order to serve God, we need food. But he's not asking for riches. He's not asking for bread to be stored up. He's just saying, you know, whatever's sufficient for today is, is great. That's all Jesus is saying to ask for because we put our faith in God. And so, uh, and God's going to provide. And so as long as we're faithful, we have that promise. So we need to be content with whatever we have. And in this case, when Jesus says our daily bread, it may be that that's what we're going to, have to be content with, our daily bread. And what a blessing it is that the Lord's feeding us this daily bread. 
in Hebrews chapter 51, and that is a, an example of supplication. In, he, in uh, Psalms 51 and verse 1 through 4, this is when uh, David made this prayer, and he had a request to God. And this is, should be reflective of all of us, but this was after the sin that he committed with Bathsheba, and of course after that and trying to hide it, he went so far as to, to have Uriah killed. But uh, notice in his prayer for mercy regarding this, you remember Nathan, the prophet, appeared before him and pointed his finger at him and says, you're the man. And well, David prayed, and he says, I have, oh, have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Those are, those are supplications. And then he goes on to say, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. You know, that's something, our prayers for mercy should be reflective of this. And we need to be asking God for forgiveness of our sins. Um, David here, it's obvious, he is truly penitent. And that's what we need to be as well. But that's a supplication, asking for forgiveness of sins. Um, not they're not always going to be answered the way we wanted. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7 through 9, Paul had a thorn in the flesh, and three times he pleaded with the Lord to have this one removed. But what he found out was the Lord wasn't going to do it because that thorn in the flesh was helping him, whatever that thorn in the flesh was, it was helping him stay humble. Without that, uh, the Lord did not think Paul could handle all the praise and glory that would be coming uh, with all the revelations that he was having. And so that was why he left that uh, uh, thorn in his flesh and uh, keep him from becoming conceited. And uh, sometimes, you know, that, that's what the Lord's looking at the big picture. We have faith. We can ask, but that doesn't always mean that our requests are going to be answered the way we want. But in this case, once Paul found out what the reason was, well, he, he rejoiced in being told no. And of course, that's what we should do as well. Intercessions is when you're praying for other people. And, uh, and again, that's something that uh, you probably see practice at your church when people uh, have an announcement, they're asking for prayers for something. Uh, you're going to pray, you're going to make intercession for them. You're going to ask God to help them with this. Uh, in John 17 and verse 9, when Jesus prayed, uh, he says, I am praying for them, meaning he was praying for his disciples. That is an, an example of intercession. And uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2, Paul said, pray for us that the word of the Lord may be speed, be speed ahead. Again, he's asking for intercession. And so that's a part of prayer as well. We need to be praying for other people. And likewise, we need to give praise and thanks in our prayers. In Psalms chapter 92 and verse 1, we read, it is good to give thanks to the Lord, meaning that to be in prayer. And, uh, and then in Hebrews 13 and verse 5, the writer says, through him, that's just let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise of God, to God, that is the fruit of the lips that acknowledge his name. So in our prayers, we need to thank God, and we need to praise God. Uh, for being so gracious 
a God as he is. I mean, he's bestowed so many wonderful blessings upon us. Um, we des He deserves to hear our praise. And then finally, and this is our last point, and that's the amen. You probably have heard people say at the end of the prayer, amen. And all that simply means is so be it. And uh, it's, it's taught from the scriptures. That's the practice. That's where it originated from. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, we read all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen, so be it, to God for his glory. And then another comparison is in 1 Corinthians 14. That is a passage where it was dealing with the practice of spiritual gifts. And there was uh, the, the, the problem of those who were speaking in tongues without an interpreter. And if they prayed in a tongue, uh, that was going to be uh, hard as well. But notice what the instructions were about practicing this, which we don't have today. And we'll have to deal with that another time. Uh, why we don't have that gift today. But at that time they did. And the instruction was in verse 16, otherwise, if you give thanks with your spirit, how can anyone in the position of an outsider say amen to your thanksgiving when he does not know what you are saying? Uh, that, that was a practice that they did, and it's a practice, so be it, that has passed down today. And that's why people usually end their, in their prayers with an amen, which just simply means so be it. They're, they're all in, they're all ready especially in uh, public prayers. Okay, those are the things that we need to know about pray. it's a, a prayer. It's a very basic lesson. But now I want to leave you with James chapter 5 and verse 16 through 18. James talks about the power of prayer. And I don't want anyone to leave this lesson, even though it was a basic lesson. I got three or four more other lessons on prayer, and I could preach for a while about it. But in James chapter 5, there is this passage that tells us how powerful prayer is. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So that goes to show you the power of prayer. And that is all available to Christians, those who are in the family of God, those who through Christ can go before the Father and address him as Father. And what a great thing that is. Hey, if you're ever in Kearney, Missouri, why don't you come and meet with us? We are at 406 North Clark. We meet for Bible study at 930, 1030 for worship. Learn all about the church by going to kearneychurch.com. This uh, broadcast, as well as uh, some other broadcasts are now on Spotify and other platforms. If you are, uh, if you have a, uh, some type of music or podcast platform that you use and you cannot find gospel preaching live, send me an email and I'll either try to get on the platform that you're on, or I'll show you, you know, where we might be on that platform. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more, tune into KPGZ 102.7 FM every uh, Sunday morning at 7 a.m. And if you live outside of Kearney and you can't pick up the signal, that's not a problem. Go ahead and, and use your mobile device and, and you can stream it. Brian Spirits is a uh, online Bible study I take part in with a couple other preachers. And that airs every Thursday at 10 a.m. 
You can get access to that by going to carneychurch.com, pressing on the Facebook, YouTube, or Berean Spirits app. And uh, take part by making comments in the comment section. If you can't join us live, past episodes are still up, and you can watch those, or you can also download those and listen to as a podcast on various uh, music platforms. All right, that's all I have for you this evening. Lord willing, I'll come back to you again this Thursday at 7 a.m. I'm sorry, 7 p.m. Until then, remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.